and welcome to this week's episode of the Sensational Kids Show, the podcast aimed at helping you and the children you care for connect, achieve, and navigate your way through everyday life. Today, I have the great pleasure of interviewing an incredible mom, um, a good friend, and just a lovely, lovely lady. She is called Stacy, and she has two fabulous little kids. Um, and I thought we would just have a chat with her. Um, I've known her for a couple of years and yeah, her journey has been, um, interesting, I shall say, um, and not easy and it's still continuing and I'm very pleased to be part of her journey. Um, so hi Stacey, welcome. (laughs) Hi Nisa, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for chatting to me. (laughs) No, you're very, very welcome. Um, yeah, thanks for making the time because I know you have like a super, super hectic, uh, hectic schedule um, with your kids. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so if I can, um, we can just dive straight in and I'll ask you, um, how did you first suspect or learn that um, your little one had special needs? It's a it's a good question. I guess it's two different sort of points for us. So, yeah. first suspect versus first learn. We're, we're two different points, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, um, yeah. For us, for, for first suspecting, I, I would say we we had quite a few visits to the doctor and pediatricians and all the rest when um, Viv was little uh, because she used to sort of cry inconsolably quite often. Um, and we didn't know why, and she had lots of sleeping problems, and we didn't know why. And uh, you know, we went to the GP, and we told, "Oh, it's all normal." And uh, then that came all normal, which sort of morphed into, "Oh, well, maybe she has reflux." And then we went to the pediatrician, and the pediatrician said, "Yes, reflux." And you know, all oh, children sleep badly, or some children are bad sleepers, and all the rest of it. Um, but then that sort of continued but we were told everything was normal um, and it, that was only when she sort of had very clear sensory sort of differences around two years of age that's around, around about when we reached out to yourself yeah um, and you know that, that we went from there from <laughs> from not knowing much and not having spoken to any professionals that could really guide us to at least having somebody who had an idea of what was happening <laughs> which yeah. was really helpful um, and you, you've guided us a lot since then, so we really appreciate it. It's wow. kind of like a, a big, a big bad world out there when you first find, yeah, first first think that there's something wrong, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's always nice to have that guidance. Oh, you're welcome. It is. It's scary, isn't it? Because you don't know. Um, it is, especially with your first child. I think it's even worse. Um, yeah. Um, so. If we think about kind of how 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 do you think or what challenges are you are you facing just raising you know a child with special needs? Um, if you kind of think about your friends or your family who have neurotypical kids, mm. that that is a, a tough one. There's a huge difference, really. Um, you know, just from every day aspects of life you know from from sleep where she doesn't sleep very well which means 
It has a knock-on impact on how she feels throughout the day. And I swear when she's more tired, she has more sort of sensory meltdowns. Absolutely. Um, in the day, yeah. So it's, it's not great. Um, they're sort of just something as basic as communication. So she's only recently started to um, start expressing her needs. So like only yesterday or the day before did she first say drink as in she wants something to drink which is yeah. uh, a big step um uh or gosh sleep like she she's never indicated to us when she's tired and it's yeah. only been fairly recently where she's been able to say sleep and and mean it okay. um so you know uh, compared to that that i think if a parent of a neurotypical child takes that for granted um being able to even have a conversation with their child. And that's definitely something that we hope for in future is just to be able to yeah, have a conversation yeah. with her. Um, and yeah, you know, as I said, the sensory type meltdowns yeah. um, are a real struggle for her as well. Um, yeah, a lot of noises set her off and then it's lots of crying and repeating of phrases and it's upsetting for her and it's upsetting for us. And yeah, again, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that's something people quite understand um, and I, I, f I feel like people with neurotypical children, when you say that your child has autism or is autistic, rather, should I say, they don't understand the extent to how much that impacts your life. And they just expect, oh, well, your child's a bit quirky or, you know, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. And, and don't realize just how everyday tasks are just like a mission, right? Just going yeah. out to the shops is like, you know. It's not as straightforward yeah. as just taking your keys and getting into the car. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and in terms of kind of thinking about, you know, nursery at school, what's that like for you? What's that been like? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so she is in nursery, but she's been refusing to go to nursery for a couple right. of weeks. Um, right. And that, that was purely, it seems, based on one bad experience she had and by bad I don't mean bad um, but where they had a sing and sign lady which came in and they did a bit of singing and that's something that is very upsetting for Viv <laughs> um, and that one experience has meant that she's just sort of refused to go back yeah. to nursery yeah. um, uh, even though we've had one or two days where we've sat there with her and she's had a good experience it just seems that that one bad experience just becomes like yeah. an overriding factor yeah. for her. And it's so traumatic, going. right? It becomes such a, a, a traumatic event for her that she can't just move on from it. You it know, does seem like that. Her, the way her nervous system is, is, is wired, um, it just set off so much kind of fight or flight in her that it's, it's just stuck with her, right? Um, and yep. that's, it's, it's a trauma, right? In, in, for her body and for her brain that, um, you know, that seemingly innocuous event for us is, was a big one for her, right? Um, yeah, I think yeah, you're so right. What's, yeah. what's the plan for her then for nursery and school? Well, we, we continue to try for nursery. Uh, she has started to say the word no. So we okay. try to respect that. Amazing. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we say to her, do you want, can we go to nursery? Do you want to go to nursery today? If it's a no, it's a, 
it's a no. If yeah. it's not a no, then we go with her to nursery and yeah. we spend the time with her so that she can feel comfortable. Yeah. And we hope yeah. that she'll go the next day. But uh, school is a big concern. Yes, we, yeah. we've, we've done our best to fight to get her into a, a special school, which we feel is best for her and her challenges um, but now there's that concern that she won't go to school because she's refusing to go to nursery yeah um, yeah so yeah, we, we hope she does and yeah. we hope because the school is sort of very well versed in all things autism with it being an autism school yeah yeah we, we hope we hope she gets in um I'm I'm sure she will because um, you just support her so well. And I was just thinking you were saying when she does go in, you go in and you stay with her. How do you manage that having like working and having another child? Like how do you guys split that or manage that? Well, it, it has meant that um... – well, amongst other things, amongst other reasons, we yeah. uh, I've had to resign from my yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it means that my husband sort of has to work flexibly so that he can help with the the other little one while yeah. I support her at nursery. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yes, it's it's a challenge and it's a juggle, but yeah, we want her to have it as positive as possible uh, experience with education Absolutely. because it's important. Yeah. And also, if you know that she's happy where she's going, you'll be happy, right? You'll yeah, be relaxed and happy to yeah. to let her go or to leave her there. So it's, um, I think that's really important to do that slow process. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I was about to just, you know, in terms of helping her develop independence um, and which will later on hopefully lead to these kind of self-advocacy skills. I guess you've already said that, you know, when she says no, you accept that that is no. Um, are there other ways that she would or that you would think actually she is self-advocating and then you respect that or have you found mm. more of that developing? No, I, I don't think so. It's only yeah. recently that she started okay. using the word no, okay. but otherwise if she does seem for example, distressed by something that is happening um, in her environment, you know, we'll, we'll ensure yeah. that we take her away to a nice calm space. Or yeah. if yeah. she's upset and we are out, then we go home. We try to respect as much as we yeah. can yeah. her yeah. challenges because it's not, yeah. I'm sure it's not easy being her <laughs> absolutely. Um, in our world. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and just thinking of kind of, you know, how, how do you think you or how do you balance kind of her needs with that of Harry? How do oh. you? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a, a, a tough one because we've got Viv that is sort of av avoidant of auditory things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we've got Harry who's sort of. I wouldn't, wouldn't say sort of sensory seeking when it comes to auditory, but yeah. he doesn't have those same sensory issues. So yeah, you've got one child that wants to, you know, watch things on the TV and uh, enjoy programs. And then we've got another child which finds it quite upsetting yeah, and walks around with her hands over her ears most of the day. So it's just also, again, a bit of a juggle of... Uh, uh, trying to have one child on one floor of the house and one child on the other floor so that wow. they don't 
disturb each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it works. It works, especially because she uh, enjoys her tablet because I okay. think she has that control over yeah. what she does. Things here. like the volume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, and in terms of, so we've spoken about the kids, but how, I mean, how is her, has Viv's special needs affected your own self-care and well-being? Well, as you know, um, we don't have much of our evenings to ourselves. No. Um, everything is sort of around the kids and going yeah. to sleep early to deal with all the wake-ups at night. Um, so there's not much in the line of self-care, I will admit. Yeah. Uh, but we are sort of working towards getting a babysitter for them. So even if we get an that's hour it. on the weekend, yeah. go for a coffee or something, that's, yeah. that's self-care for us. And it's going to be invaluable. You know, just having, oh, yeah. having that time. Um, do you mind telling us about your evening routine? Because I just think you're a legend for the way you do bedtimes. Oh, no. <laughs> it was definitely not a legend. Because um, as, you, as you know, we are kind of beholden on the kids. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my husband supports my daughter at night um, yeah. and I support my son. Yeah. And I, I go to sleep when he goes to sleep. Um, yeah. because he wakes up really many, many times during the night or for yeah. a number of hours in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, but yes, but they both unfortunately do that. <laughs> so yeah, but I think that's, choice. you know, it's important for other other parents to know that they're not alone because, you know, sadly you're not unique in that. You know, there are so many other parents who can't, who don't have a life. <laughs> Put it bluntly, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they go to bed so when the kids go to bed and they don't get to see each other or, you know, even just have like a meal together, just the two of them at home. Mm. Um, and that's just, yeah, that must be so, so hard, you know, just on that whole kind of dynamic. Um, and for you guys. Um, it is, although yeah. we do, we do think sometimes count ourselves lucky some of the other stories we see on the the groups for autism parents where the, yeah. the kids, some yeah. kids only sleep for literally like three or four hours at night. I don't know yeah. how their parents do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, at least we get a normal amount of sleep, even though it's really broken. Uh, yeah. Better yeah. than like three or four hours worth of sleep. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, do you think that that gratitude that you are expressing there do you practice that a lot? Do you think that is what kind of gets you through it? Or I mean, it's something that we try to do, my husband and I. Um, yeah, yeah. We, I think, yes, it definitely contributes to trying to get through things. And there's also always that little bit of hope that as they get older, things might get easier. Yeah. <laughs> Which I yeah, know is yeah. not necessarily realistic, but you kind of have to have that hope. Yeah, that but I mean, I think, you know, you have to have hope and you've seen already, like she's learned to say no. And that just kind of makes you hopeful or she's learned to say drink or sleep. So it makes you hopeful that actually it can happen. And, you know, it, it, it might not follow the normal trajectory of, you know, certain ages, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's possible, right? I, um, I like to believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't do what I do, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah, um, if, you, if you just think of, you know, what, 
what kind of hopes or dreams do you have for both your kids, their futures? That's a tough um, one, isn't it? it? It's it is tough, but I think because there's so much that's unknown for us for them at this stage. Uh, for us, we just want them to be happy in whatever form that might be. Because yeah. um, some days we feel like they're not. <laughs> Despite yeah. everything we try to do, they just, you know. But you you try your best to make them happy and you hope that they will be happy in the future. Yeah. Um, and as unrealistic as it might be sometimes to hope that they have that independence so that one day when you're gone, because you will be gone, that yeah. they don't have to be in a care home or under somebody yeah. else's supervision, that they can yeah. have that yeah. sort of independence in their own lives. Yeah. That's the best that we can hope for, really. Yeah. Those two things. What? I mean, that's, I just, yeah, I'm just pausing there because that's quite, that's quite powerful, really. Um, in terms of, you know, what, if you think about when you first started out this journey with Fiv, what do you wish you had known then, say, two years ago that you know now that would have kind of just made things easier? Is yeah. there anything that you think that would have made things easier? I'm not sure that there's anything that would have made things easier easier but definitely if I was at the beginning of my journey or to anybody who is at the beginning of their journey yeah I would def definitely say you know um do lots of research because I feel like that's really important yeah it, it, you know you might have somebody telling you one thing but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right thing um yeah, yeah. well the gospel of truth if you will um and also something else that I'm finding is that uh, reading books written by autistic people or even joining, you know, uh, groups of autistic people where you can ask them things. That's also really helpful to get yeah. their perspective. Um, but yes, I think that's probably the two things I would say, research and, yeah. um, and just trying to understand from an autistic person's perspective okay. um, on things. Yeah. And and so you've mentioned kind of groups a couple of times now. Do you think that that having those groups does that um, is that kind of your sense of community, your support for you and your family? Do you think that that's important or it's helpful? Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. As you were saying about you know uh, speaking about the sleep issues and people knowing that they're not alone. Yeah, it, it's yeah. helpful to have those groups because. People will express certain feelings on those groups where yeah. maybe other people feel alone and just knowing that somebody else is thinking that way, it makes you feel better and understood and not like yeah. you're alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess connected, right? It, it, you just yeah. feel connected and, and you Good know, word. I'm always yeah. harping on about connection. Um, can you think of, like just to kind of to end, can you think of one particular moment um, when you have felt particularly or, or just really connected and with Viv and just felt like there was this moment of peace and contentness. I don't know if there, if you've had one that you can think of, um, but have you, have oh. you had? I mean, generally when we, we share a book together, yeah. um, you know, and that, that happens fairly frequently. So yeah, I, it, we we just sort of shared enjoyment in something, and that's yeah. usually books. Yeah. <laughs> Although recently she's sort of tearing up her books, which is a bit annoying. Okay. But <laughs> on the times when we've had good 
a good connection that's always been when we've enjoyed a book together. Yeah. 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 And and what about um fostering a connection with between her and and Harry? How hard is that? Oh, that is that is a bit more difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. Viv, Viv's yeah, as you know, Viv struggles with other children. Yeah, um and she yeah. definitely struggled with her brother. I think she's only started to um like him <laughs> now I mean that's huge years. I mean I know lots of siblings who still don't like each other you know <laughs> neurotypical I mean, they still, yeah. they still yeah. push each other around don't get me yeah. wrong but they do have these very occasional sort of bonding sessions like last night when they were both jumping up and down on the bed yeah. and giggling and having fun and almost smashing each other when you know but yeah but in a good way yeah, um, yeah. So that wouldn't have happened a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, but she's, yeah, she's starting to come around to him. Yeah. Ah. Oh, so she's starting to realize that actually he's not going anywhere. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. she so gives an odd dirty look, but you know, yeah, yeah. it's getting yeah. there. Um, excellent. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, thank you so much for, for chatting with me. I mean, can you, if you had one final message for other families of kids with special needs, what would that be? I, I think it's just that, you know, it's all hard, um, but you're all doing a great job. And um, just keep on going yeah. with the hope that it should get easier or better uh-huh. in the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for having a chat. Um, and... Yeah, keep on doing the amazing stuff that you're doing. And yeah, I'll catch up with you really soon. Thanks so much, Anissa. Okay.